You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Hello, Michael. Hello, Andre. Boy, I like pissing you off. Yeah, you should get on the microphone so people can actually hear the sound of your voice. I thought you told me they didn't like the sound of my voice. They don't, but at least we need to try to make it clear. Holy God, you're in a mood tonight. (laughs) I'm always in a mood, but I'm actually really excited for what we're about to do here. All right, you want to tee it up? Yeah, uh, we have decided to cut the bullshit when it comes to wine scoring, as we've talked on this podcast many times. Now, what does this mean? Does it mean that the scores are going to be going away off of michaelpinkuswinereview.com or underwinereview.ca? No, not yet. I don't think I'm, I don't think I would ever get get rid of my star scoring. I would never score points. I have a problem with points. Lots of problems with points. But at the suggestion of one of the wineries, we've decided to try something a little bit different, especially yeah. since we've been doing this podcast together now for 160 some episodes so over three years. It's really been that long. It has been that long. So our first year, if we think about it, we did every two weeks. Yes. And then in our second year and so on, we went every week. So the first 26 episodes. Wow. Okay. My math skills aren't that good. No, mine aren't either. But Which is why we use stars instead of points. <laughs> That's probably true. But as we are um, we are going to pay homage to the great film critics Siskel and Ebert. I, you know, I used to love them and loved watching them every Sunday night at eleven thirty at night. I would tape them after a while. Because uh, I couldn't stay up that late, as you know. And uh, I'd, I'd watch Siskel and Ebert. And that's why I knew which movies to watch. And I was too young when that was going on. But I vaguely remember films getting two thumbs way up. Or, you know, one thumb up, one thumb down. Yeah. Well, it used to say one thumb up, you know, Gene Siskel or Roger Ebert. Which, Do you even remember their first names? Which, even, which means that the other one probably, you know, put a thumbs down. That's why I said, thumb up, Roger Ebert. So we're going to try to do this monthly, but uh, I hate to disappoint everyone. We're taking January off just because it slows down for everyone and give us some time to kind of regroup and come back fresh in the new year. So um, you'll get your next list in February, but we've got a bunch of wines that we tasted. And thank you to um, the wineries who responded to our press release and sent us some products to uh, review and taking your a chance on us. So we hope this works. I'm 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 really I have been excited about this probably for a year. We've been I talking know. about it for a year, and finally, you know, went went it's, it's come went together. Winning on it, so uh, let's kick off. To, so the first wine that we're going to talk about is a brand new Henry of Pelham Bin One Hundred Six Baco Noir. And if you're talking Henry, twenty nine dollars ninety five cents. Yeah. So if you're talking Henry of Pelham, I guess you got to go Baco. So, yes. Uh, you want to? What was your What was your thoughts on it? Uh, I was an enthusiastic thumbs up on this. And I'll be honest, uh, when you taste a Henry Pelham Bacco, there's sort of a benchmark that you're expecting quality. Now, that being said, Bacco is Bacco. And the way I've often described it is, you know, Bacco is kind of like a fourth line hockey player. You know, on its best day, it's playing on the fourth line for the Leafs, but it's still in the leagues. Anything lower than that, though, you're talking about playing in the minor leagues. I'd, I'd say this Baco is a thumbs up and probably playing on the third line. All right. Well, my thought, you are, you're an enthusiastic thumbs up. Yes. I'm, I'm more of Well, because we're skeptical of Baco. I'm skeptical of Baco, and this was this was really, really good. Look, I'm I'm happy with this Baco, and I'm thumbs up as well. But I am, I am 
kind of reticent to give thumbs up tobacco because it makes other wineries think, oh, we should make tobacco too. And there's about 90% of the tobacco in Ontario that should not be made. It gives us a bad reputation. It's sweet. It's horrific. It's just bad wine. Henry of Pelham lifts everybody up with their their 10%. Yep. Um, and Definitely. so I'm I'm a thumbs up, but I am not a happy thumbs up. Okay, uh, 2017 30 bench red, twenty four dollars and ninety five cents. I'm a th- I'm thrilled by this wine. I think it's well. First of all, I'm a thumbs up. I think it's quaffable. I think it's um it's it's just one of those wines that you're going to be happy drinking now, and then in let's say you know five or six years down the road, you're happy and. I, I like this wine. I really like this wine. And you see, I was thumbs down. I was thumbs down, not because there was anything really wrong with the wine. Like, it's okay. If someone brought it to my house, I, I certainly wouldn't kick them out of the house. But I could just think of better, similar wines to park my $25. Yeah. And I, I don't need to I don't need to list them. It's just simply on the value proposition. If there, I could probably list nine better Bordeaux-style blends from... Niagara from 2017 that I could park my $25 at. And for that reason, it gets a thumbs down for me. I'm 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 still thumbs up. I, I don't think I can convince you that it's it's a good value, but I, I think that in six or seven years, you're gonna be happy you spent 25 bucks on that wine, and you'll be going, oh, Wow, I can't believe I only spent 25 bucks on that wine. Except I still think the nine others I spent $25 on will have the exact same effect. I don't think you're gonna be that happy. All right, uh, next wine is the 2017 Featherstone Joy Brute Rose 2995. I am an enthusiastic thumbs up. Um, I just I really love this style of short time on Lee's Pinot Noir traditional methods, sparkling rose coming from the province. And um, I think Featherstone's really gotten into a nice rhythm with this. You get that really kind of bright cherry, confected cherry note, but still lifted with really great citrus acidity on the finish. It's, it's everything you expect from a great bottle of sparkling. And, you know, I, I still, I haven't found the rosé champagne that knocks my socks off. I don't really get it because I find the red fruit's completely gone in most of them. I love when my rosé tastes like rosé. I love when it you've got that zippy acid to go with it. This is thumbs up for me. See, I'm giving you a little bit of a stink eye here because yeah, I know you, you, are. you told me but that's I, what your face just looks like. Uh, you told me I couldn't give a thumb sideways, so I had to go up or down, and I am just leaning on the upside on this one. And the reason is Featherstone has a reputation of making great sparkling wine. Their yes. brut, their joy, joy. brut is just always. outstandingly good. Um, the rosé has always been outstandingly good. And when you have that kind of reputation, when you put one in the bottle that is just, it's good, but it's not as good as the ones you've had in the past, I have to go thumbs up. I don't up, think that's fair. But I'm, I don't think that's fair. I think it's very fair. You have, you, have, made, you, have, you have vintage variation. You can't correct. You can't and, hit a home run every year. And this is if this you, is not a home run, it's a triple. You, it's still an exciting play on the field. You said I had to go one way or the other. Yeah. I'm going to go up, but I'm going to go up with kind of like it's, okay. it's shaking okay. on me up. No, we get like, two I'm thumbs not, up. We I'm get not, two thumbs up. No. Hey, the point of this was to, to, to cut the bullshit. And make it simpler. So it's thumbs up. So we've got thumbs up. Two we got thumbs two up. thumbs up. Two yeah. thumbs up, but I'm a mediocre thumbs up. Okay. Uh, 2017 Le Clos Jordan, Le Grand Clos Chardonnay. $44.95. Well, it says Chardonnay on the label, label, oh, label. Up. And you know shut what that up. means. Shut up. We all know what that means. 
That's not why this is a thumbs up from me. It's been really, it's been exciting as, um, as, as members of the media to have a chance to revisit this wine several times throughout the year. We got our first taste of it at I4C. And I'll be honest, if we were doing this podcast at I4C, it would have been a thumbs down for me because at I4C, I mean, it was good. It was Thomas, but it was just kind of listless. But I tasted it at the, in the middle of November and holy crap, this wine has come to life. And like, not just like come to life, like, you know, ripped off its clothes, jumped up on stage and screamed, look at me, I'm awesome. And that's just, I think it's just the beginning. I think we're about to see like a whole dance routine coming out of this wine. So it's an enthusiastic thumbs up for me. But, but small caveat, if you buy it, I'd wait a few months to really crack it. It's going to take a while for this wine to really come into itself. So uh, for me, again, you know, you 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 don't like me to do the Chardonnay on the table, 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 and yet you put it on the table and have it naked dancing around. So I've got to, I've got to al- allow you that. But yes, Chardonnay dancing on the table—that's your bag. This is not my bag. I am not happy with this wine. I am a thumbs down. I'm not enough to give it a failing grade if I'm actually scoring. You're making the, it more complicated no, again. No, no, I'm just. Just why do you give it a thumbs down? Shut giving, up on your other stuff. I'm just. I'm a thumbs down because I think it lacks finesse at the moment. Maybe, maybe. It's do you know what to, that word means? Maybe. It do you know gains what that word means? Finesse later on. But here's what I'm going to say: You had to all over a 24.95 bottle of Bordeaux and yet you're thrilled about a $45 bottle of Chardonnay. Well yeah, because some of us actually drink $45 Chardonnay. I think I can get a better better bottle of $40 Chardonnay. I can get a better bottle of $20 Chardonnay finesse. from the province. Intricate and refined delicacy. It is it lacks finesse. Disagree. Well, thumbs down for me on this one. All right, I guess we got to go on to uh, 2015 Hinterland Les Etoiles, $43. This one is from Prince Edward County. Oh. Jonas uh, nails it again. Like this bottle of sparkling is uh, in limited production. 2015 yes. was... Run to the winery. It was a short crop. I believe it was late frost that, that, that killed most of the, the stuff vines. on it. So this basically makes up all of the wine he made that year that went into bubbles from his own vineyard. And this is just a real pure expression of county sparkling wine. But at the same time, um, more approachable. More approachable, kind of like a warm, warm hug. This is a thumbs up for me. Oh, I, I'm sure I said a, a thumbs up as well. If you couldn't figure it out, but I'm, I'm just saying. It's, sh- it's just I, f- I found Lazy Twelve in, in the past, and and it's one thing I love about Lazy Twelve is it's um, traditional method sparkling that was always austere. Like it needed a bit of time to kind of relax and just grow into itself where this yeah i liked its austerity but i love the austerity and i also love that it's sparkling wine that you can age a little bit instead of being in a rush to open the 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 problem with 2015 is it presents a problem this is by far the most approachable lazy 12 that hinterland has ever made yes it's got a little bit more orchard fruit a little bit of vanilla on the mid palate that has not been present in in previous versions in in my opinion but because it's in, in such limited supply and because it's made by Jonas, you know it's got aging potential. Do you drink it now or do you hold it? I, I just recently had a, a 2011 Blonde de Blanc from him, and it was outstandingly good. So 
Uh, I'm, I'm really happy with this Laissez Toile. Um, I, I know it's a little pricier than the Featherstone, but this one to me has got a little more. Still cheaper than Champagne. I don't know. The benchmark for me is always Veuve. Okay. And, you, and you're spending $70 on Veuve, and it's just like, am I getting value? And I always have that in my head. And the thing is, with, with even decent bottles of Ontario sparkling wine that you and I wouldn't be, you know, ripping our clothes off and dancing on the table for, oh my God. you're still getting great value. And speaking of... I don't want a vision of you dancing around on a table without your clothes on. And speaking and I'm of... I'm sure it has happened. Uh, maybe once or twice. Jesus. Uh, Cave Spring Blanc de Blanc, no vintage. But if you're listening to this, we're recording this at the beginning of December 2019. $29.95. So this batch, I imagine, will be in the LCBO for a little while. Yeah. It's a vintage is essential as of this year, if I'm not mistaken. I know talking to Angelo, this is the, he's got a base wine that he uses, but he does non-vintage so that you can he can back blend if yeah. needed. This current, uh, this current vintage or batch, let's call it, is a way thumbs up for me. Not just for price, but I love the acidity that he's got. He's got the green apple going on. He's just got so much going on in this bottle. This, I think, is our best value sparkling uh, of this podcast, of this thumbs up. And I'm away thumbs up. I, I, can't, I can't put it uh, any higher. No, I'm, I'm, thumb, I'm, thumbs up, I'm thumbs up for this as well. Um, $29.95 is outstanding value. And when you need a bottle of bubbles, frankly, I'd rather reach for this than even entry-level champagne yeah. because this is... In the same caliber, this easily. Is, this is outstanding. I think it's also underpriced. Stop telling people their wines are underpriced or they'll raise the price. Sorry. You're wrong. Just, no, it's, right, it's priced wrong. exactly where it needs to be. So. I, I think it's overpriced good by a no, good five bucks. Yeah. How about Shut that? up, Michael. <laughs> um, 2016, Louis M. Martini, Napa Cabernet Sauvignon, thirty nine ninety five. Do you want to start or should I start? You know what? You're the one who talks a lot about Napa Cab, so yes. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go on <laughs> on your soapbox about this one. You know, it, it's a thing about Napa Cab that I I love is it's it's just the richness, the concentration. The thing I don't like is the price of admission. So here's the deal with this wine: for forty bucks, you're getting what you should be getting from Napa. This is worth the price of admission and you're saving probably 20, 30 bucks versus some comparable uh, bottles in terms of, of quality. So while it still is, you know, it's not quite your Wednesday night sipper while watching whatever is on TV on Wednesday night. That'd be Survivor. Okay. It's still totally worth buying to um, just get, like, if you want to see what the fuss is about Napa, the Louis M. Martini Napa Cab Sauve is where to go. And it's a thumbs up for me. So the the word that you often use is sessionable. Sessionable. And, Thank you, beer nerds. And uh, this, to me, when we tried this, it was really sessionable. It was the it was the wine that I wanted to keep going back to, that I keep wanting to sip. I kept wanting to drink throughout the evening. It was a gorgeous Napa Cab with everything that I wanted. Black well, cherry, and you know currants, what? red fruits, well-balanced, focused. You know, a big thumbs up for me. For forty bucks, I I think that's good value. Totally, and uh, and it's got yeah. some structure to age. I mean, for a Michael Pinka seller, like if you're concerned about about cost, you could probably pick up a few bottles and hold on to them for maybe five to ten years. Does this have the aging potential of, I don't know, like the Faust that was recently through the LCBO at sixty bucks? Probably not. Scattered Peaks at sixty bucks. Probably not, but you're saving $20. You and I can both do a lot at the LCBO with $20. This, this will easily age five years, and I have to be honest, yes. I have tried uh, I have tried other vintages of this wine, and and, and the, the Napa Cabernet Sauvignon from Louis M. Martini is consistently good wine. 
Uh, we're going to end this one with uh, the 2017 Ferox Rosé from Fabian Rice. Uh, 2480, kind of odd to be talking about a rosé in the middle of winter. Rosé all day. Um, I'm going to let you kind of start with this because... Well, listen, uh, it's a Cabernet... I may be a little downbeat on this It's one. a Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon rosé, um, but it's got a lot of that like bright confected fruit, something that just works really well with, with cuisine around this time of year when things get a little bit heavier and start coming off the grill and more from the oven. Um, it was a thumbs up for me. It was dry, bone dry while still maintaining that really great acidity and, um, that confected, those confected fruit flavors. There was a bit of a spritz in the bottle, but it blew off pretty quickly. And you want to take it from here, Michael? I see. I'm a, I'm a thumbs down on this one. Sorry, Fabian. Um, you know what? I, I really love rosé and Andre, sometimes I think you love rosé too much because you make rosé. Um, and, and that you give certain things a pass that I'm, I'm not willing to, I'm not willing to give the confected fruit a pass. I really loved the pink grapefruit finish. I loved the floral notes and I liked the strawberry that was in here, but I didn't like that confected fruit and I really couldn't get over that spritz because I thought it was a fault. I didn't think he wanted it in there. You can tell me you wanted it in there. It just didn't feel right. Well, so thumbs down into. from me. Thumbs up for me. So that's, uh, that's our wines. You can check these out on our websites uh, at uh, michaelpinkuswinereview.com. AndreWineReview.ca. We'll have the, them up there along with the, uh, the podcast, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll link them in so you can, you can find them, and you can find our, our little banter, not just on the podcast, but yes. we actually uh, did the write-up as, as a banter back and forth as well. We did avoid calling each other an ignorant slut, which I'm very impressed oh, with that's this coming. time around, uh, but it is coming probably. Uh, so yes, until next time. I mean, the podcast will still be coming out every week. Uh, we might take a couple weeks off over the holidays, um, but you, you know where to find us. Take it away, Michael. Oh yeah, and I yeah I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com. Good night. We just said that. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.